right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today. We brought him back. Dun, dun, dun. You call it Encore Performance. He's the Einstein of additives. Man, we, not only do we have Chris, but we have the entire group from Hot Shots Secret, which is just, dude, it's an amazing. There's so many things that they do. They help prevent. Um, and we've seen it work all too well in our show. Uh, they're just our go-to for all things additives, fuel, oil, whatever you need. Yeah, and you, and you wonder why, why would we care so much about, uh, you know, oil, lubricity, additives, and that sort of thing. Just drain your oil in your car. Go drive it for a few minutes, right? Tell me what you think about the importance of what you're putting in there. It, it is the thing separating all those metal components from literally just seizing up, tearing themselves apart, blowing up engines, transmissions, rear ends. Uh, so it's, you know, it's like the blood that's in your veins. You might think, I don't know, maybe you don't even think about it. But it is the thing your heart is pumping around with all the oxygen, the nutrients, right? It is the lifeblood of the human. And these are the things that make all the things that we care about, right? Our machinery, our hot rods, our tow vehicles live longer, you know, get better performance, better fuel economy. So yes, that's why we think they're important. And these guys are tapped in like no one else to the science behind it. So we can skip all the advertisements and the wows and, the, you know, false claims and just kind of get right into the meat of it and actually learn some stuff that's super incredibly interesting. Yeah, man. Hey, real fast, you want to learn about the time I drained a Ford Escort with all of its oil, and I filled it up with maple syrup? Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. We did 500 laps around the front circle of a radio station. Everything smelled like pancakes for days. It actually made it, man. We put pancake batter down the dipstick, and it pulled out like a muffin, just a long sleeve of a muffin. It was great. <laughs> um, I, I don't recommend that, but if you want to kill a car, that's a great smelling way to do it. Um, you know, pancake syrup and oil, 10W30, has the same viscosity. Really different um, thermal management properties, though. You know, <laughs> any engine really I've ever different. blown up didn't smell like pancakes. And I'm very disappointed <laughs> in myself. I didn't take that approach. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's making the best out of it, man. Making the best out of it. But you're right. It, it is so important and crucial for the longevity, the efficiency, and nowadays the performance. 
man, so much performance is tied to that engine oil and, and keeping it cool and making sure it's not sticking to all those components that you need to do that job internally. Well, you know, we've got uh, recent hurricanes in the news and we've got fires out west. And, you know, insurance isn't very a, a sexy topic. But, man, think about all those people that didn't have an insurance policy, right, to back them up. And that's exactly what you're doing when you're, you know, putting in the right combinations of stuff right the the right oils and and transmission fluids and you name it out it's your insurance policy and especially for you know most of us probably most of you listening uh we're not the average consumer we're not just you know buying a vehicle and driving it from a to b we're we're towing we're hauling right we're going up mountains we're pushing the throttle down to the floor you know we're modifying stuff we're we're adding more horsepower and so when you're doing that you're going outside of the manufacturer's you know intended sort of design and purpose and and you know they're trying to get every last you know penny and economy out of the engines and whatnot so uh you know they're putting the thinnest oil in you know all the typical oil providers are putting the minimum additives in there so uh when you're pushing the limits when you're out there you know hammering hard you want that extra insurance policy right because that's what's going to keep you know your engine in one piece or end up in many pieces or at least extend the life you know, and you can see the the savings in your pocketbook from fuel economy and such. Yeah, man. Well, let's get into it. Let's take a quick break. We come back with the entire crew. Hot Shot Secret. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back after the break on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We have the team from Hot Shot Secret. We love these guys. We use them a lot in our own stuff, but also in and around the shop, man. They have all kinds of really solution-based products. And really, Chris has made it his mission uh, to really solve problems. And that's what they do. And it's amazing the amount of problems he's been able to, to really get after. So, Chris, uh, again, welcome to the podcast. Always great having you on, man. And uh, we, we've nicknamed you the, the Einstein of additives, brother, and that comes well-earned. Um, you know everything about uh, viscosity, lubricity, uh, how to keep these things al- alive and breathing, man. Yeah, and on top of that, we've got Kyle and Kevin. So we've got the whole crew here. These are scientists, man, with all the labs, lab coats, you know, the test tubes, the machinery. This is cool. All right, so Chris, you know, we're walking into, uh, you know, wintertime. And, and things are changing, right? You're starting to winterize certain things, right? I just pulled my boats out of the water, got them winterized, put them in storage, right? You're thinking about putting away hot rods and stuff. But there's a lot of stuff you're not putting away. It's still on the road. 
Uh, and, and there's probably a lot of considerations for, you know, certain vehicles on what's changing from summertime to wintertime. That's right. That's right. And, you know, keeping everything protected in both environments where you're trying to work them or store them is important. And you guys mentioned something a minute ago about, you know, the, the performance and hammering things down and straining the oils or straining the fuel. And it made me think about, you know, like weightlifters and people that work out and how they, some people supplement, some people don't. But when they're going for bigger gains, they supplement. And the more they're working out or the harder they're working out, normally the guys I know, the more they know about it, they're better educated. They might take four or five different supplements. They might take a protein shake before working out, a protein shake after. You know, it's the same way with equipment. You're starting off with just basic fuel, with basic oil. Depending on what you're going to do with it, you want to build it up. The more you know about the different additives, the more you're able to achieve what you're the workout that you're going to put that equipment through. Uh, you know, it's winter times coming up right now, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but there's wax and diesel fuel. That wax will solidify, and they call it gelling. And what happens is all the little wax particles get together, and then they create a wax crystal, and then it clogs the filter. When you pull it out, it looks kind of like Crisco grease. Like if you dumped a, took a filter, dipped it in Crisco grease, and pulled it out, that's what it looks like. So... So, Chris, where does this wax come from? Like, who let all the bees in? The bees? You know, what, what's up with that? Yeah, what, what, where did this wax come from? I didn't order any bees with my diesel fuel. Well, that's, that's beeswax. Now, wax that you do canning with comes from petroleum. So if you went and bought, I don't know if you guys, you guys probably aren't old enough to remember, but back in the old days when we used to can, you would boil your stuff and then you'd pour wax in the top of the canning jar. And that would seal it up. Then you put your ball lid on top of it, your ball jar lid. That wax comes from petroleum. That's one of the byproducts, just like asphalt, oil, diesel fuel, naphtha. All those things come from petroleum. So as they're cleaning the petroleum and refining it, one of the streams becomes wax. Any wax you get, like a wax candle, it came from a drum of oil, a drum of crude, unless it's beeswax. So uh, do they just not quite filter it all out? Is it just not capable of? I mean, um, you know, especially when you think you could use wax for so many different uh, other reasons you know they could pull it out and extract well, I got, it I, I got i got another question something i think is even more crucial is we, we all know when wax breaks down or when that breaks down wax tends to adhere to 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 itself and more wax so doesn't that cause a lot of engine deposit when it starts to break down and wouldn't wax seem counterintuitive for what you need to happen and occur inside an engine Yes, it, all that all that is correct. So when you're when you're thinking about refining oil, this is not a uh, perfect science where it's a switch on or off. There's a lot of gray area. So if you can imagine taking a you know crude, there's probably a thousand different kinds of crude oil. I've I've seen crude that looked as light as diesel fuel, and then I've seen it as dark as uh, like thick and dark like burnt deer oil. So it comes in all varieties. It just depends on how it's coming out of the ground. It could be sweet crude, it could be sour crude, that high sulfur, low sulfur. So when the refinery gets it, basically, Hold on, Chris, have you ever seen Beverly Hillbillies when he yes. shoots shoots the stump <laughs> and out yep. comes the bubbling goo? Have you ever yep. seen it look like that? <laughs> I have seen crude like that. I have all right, seen just... in, in our in Ohio where we live, most of the crude looks like uh, light hydraulic oil like a 10-weight hydraulic that looks really clean and neat. But we have what's called sweet crude. But you go over to Pennsylvania, and you will get that dark, bubbling crude, like on the like 
Jed Clampett. <laughs> well, let me, let me just give you the refining process in a nutshell. Take that crude oil, put it into a pressure cooker on your stove, add some water to it. That's hydro cracking, water being hydro, and then start heating it up slowly. As, it's, as the pressure builds or the heat builds, that oil is going to break out into layers. Uh, you know, there's, on the bottom is going to be asphalt, and then the next layer is going to be number six oil, then number four, then you're going to have like a motor oil, and then you're going to have your uh, diesel fuel, number three, diesel, naphtha, gasoline, kerosene. So it's, the further up you go to the lid, the lighter it's going to be. It's not perfect. Like if you took gasoline and let it, took it out, put it under a microscope, you're going to see particles of asphalt in there, asphaltines. You're going to see little bits and pieces of all the other refining process. Again, it's not 100% perfect. It's probably 99% perfect. So that it's wax adequate. that came out. Yeah. yeah, it's adequate. It's adequate. That, you know, they're under a production schedule. They've got to get things pushed through. Um, it's not bad. It's worked for 100 years. It's not like it's disastrous but if you look at the fuels they're not pure if i took a, a gallon of diesel fuel i'll find asphalt in there i'll find gasoline in there i'll find kerosene i'll find little particles of wax it's all in there it's just so small that it doesn't really affect the engine any so that's just the way it goes but if i own a diesel truck i got to make sure that i'm dealing with that wax i got to break it down into small pieces and make sure that it won't ever clog the filter yeah, because we all know that if you get some gelling, your diesel fuel, that's a miserable day. And, you know, we were talking offline, you know, it never happens when you're in your garage. It's when you're out on the road, right? And now you're stuck uh, with a gelled up system. And, man, that, that's just havoc. And that's just not the, the, the thing you want to deal with when it's freezing, bitter cold outside. So so, so you, what product do you have that, that's going to help with that situation? How does it work? So we, we make a product called EDT Plus, our everyday diesel treatment, and then we put the plus on it because what we did was we added more moisture dispersants and we added some anti-gel to it. And we are able to take the diesel fuel down to where it won't gel to around minus 50. And Kevin Adams is in the studio today. He's our chemical engineer. I asked him to come on because he deals more directly with it. I want him to fact check me and add some little pieces in there. So, Kevin, you got any other pieces on there that I missed? Yeah, just, just one thing to, to, that was kind of interesting to me in, in learning about diesel fuels in the, in the very beginning of my career was all diesel fuels are a lot different. You know, you, you had mentioned the, the amount of wax that's in diesel fuel. That actually varies a lot from area to area. So, you know, Western PA, like we were talking about, they have a ton of wax in their crude and as a result, they have a ton of wax that comes out in their diesel fuel, which makes that diesel fuel a little bit harder than some other ones to treat. So when we're looking at uh, a fuel additive, you know, we sample uh, fuel from all over the country so we can have a good mix that's really effective for everybody. So to, to give you an idea how much difference there is from fuel to fuel, you may have some fuel that reaches a cloud point, which is when that wax just starts to form, it could have a cloud point of plus 20 degrees, or it could have a cloud point as low as minus 20 degrees. There's that much difference in where the wax starts to form. And the big difference is the volume of wax. You know, when, when diesel fuel gets cold, it has less of an ability to hold that wax into solution. And so it just, it has to fall out. When it falls out, it combines into bigger bits, 
And those bigger bits is what plugs up the filter. It's interesting because in Colorado, uh, I've seen days where people are driven, uh, you know, they're, they're coming or their F-250 up to the mountains for a day of snowboarding, come back to the truck and it's, and it's gelled up because it was so cold outside and their day is ruined. That's a long process. Uh, but but it's, it's weird because a lot of the snowcats and equipment they use is diesel too. So you guys are definitely making something that keeps it from gelling and, and that constant battle uh, has got to be uh, – it's got to be interesting, especially when you throw in the myriad of, of fuels and where they start gelling and waxing at too. So those calculations have to be pretty across the board, be able to handle a wide spectrum of, of fuels and related chemicals inside the fuel, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a work, of process, work in process over the last 10 or 15 years, and we've, uh, we've, we've really dialed it in over the last four years. Uh, uh, but... You know, the biggest thing is whenever the fuel is starting to gel, this is really important to know. When you look in there and you see that fuel is starting to get cloudy, that's when the wax is starting to form. You always want to treat the fuel before it gets cloudy at all. And so the reason why is because most additives uh, are wax modifiers. So by definition, you're affecting the way those bits form and you have to have that chemistry in there before it hits the cloud point, before it starts to form those wax particles. So don't be a slacker. Jump on it early. Take care of it before you get in trouble is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, hey, Chris, in that same sort of line, um, I know when oil gets too hot, it changes a certain amount of chemical properties, changes the viscosity, starts to do different things to certain molecules and structures in the oil does the same thing happen on the colder side and some fuels and some of those chemicals and how they react to one another yeah engine oils will get thicker the colder they get and they put a um not an anti-gel but it's a product like that that lowers a four point so if i was going to make a 10w30 engine oil i might start with a 20 weight oil and i would put vi improvers in it to make it a 30 weight so those are like little rubber pellets that as it gets hot they swell up and that would make it like a 30 weight when it's hot and then i would put a four point suppressant type product in there to make it thinner and runnier when it's cold so it should act like a 10 weight when it's freezing out and like a 30 weight when it's hot eventually as as you know what, what will happen is that it will shear those vi improvers get cut in half and then in half and then in half again and then that's when the oil shears. So especially on a diesel engine, you know, you, you put the oil in there and it's nice and like honey, you know, it feels nice and slick between your fingers. You go to take it out and it feels like kerosene. But that's really kind of what they started with was a product like that. And they built it up with VI improvers and they, they made it handle low temperature with, with a four point suppressant like Kevin's talking about. So do, do uh, refiners do anything different with diesel fuel in the winter versus summer? Do they try to pull out more wax or do they do anything else, you know, similar to gasoline between summer mix and winter mix? Yeah, they sure do. They, in October, they start using a thinner blend. It's, it's more like a one and a half. So we, we call diesel fuel being number two fuel. Kerosene would be a number one fuel. Um, it'd be almost like a one and a half. They start to lighten it up because they know that's going to happen. Now, the thing to keep in mind is they're not doing this for the consumer. They're doing this so that they can pump it into the truck and out of the truck and into the pump. So 
their goal is not to give you a fuel that will stay, you know, liquid in your truck. Their goal is to be able to handle it because they can't even handle it without doing something to it in the wintertime. They would try to pump it out of the truck and it would gel up in the hose. Uh, so they're just doing the bare minimum to be able to transport it. All right, man. Well, look, we got to take a break. More questions with Chris, Kyle, Kevin, and the entire team from Hot Shot Secret. Uh, he is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And we'll be back right after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have our boy Chris, Hot Shot Secret, Kyle, Hot Shot Secret, and Kevin from Hot Shot Secret. This is the team, man. This is the guys that create it, make it, and they really get after solving problems, which is really what Chris started this company for, um, a, a solution for a lot of you know problems that people were having. Uh, and it's funny because keeping this equipment running for you know for a long time is where he really cut his teeth and figured out how to get things that seemingly would be you know really difficult metal on metal you gotta you know create this small film this shearing you know and you know heat is up against it it really isn't a crazy environment but what he's done is really get after it aggressively and and find right mixes uh on a molecular level and, and man you've been doing this like a uh, like a mad scientist for a number of years, and you found some real cool secrets and advantages out there compared to most companies. So the thing that I noticed the most, Willie, was that a lot of the companies were going after the big units, you know, the millions of bottles sold, but there was a lot of low-hanging fruit, so to speak, or problems that nobody really wanted to solve because they weren't large enough to, to really tackle. And that's what I like doing. We like the problem-solving more than we even like the, you know, selling the bottle. So we try to focus on problem-specific areas. Um, one of the problems with the diesel fuel is the diesel is so different that in different areas of the country that an additive off the shelf might work in Ohio, but it might not work in Colorado because your fuel's different. It's coming from a different refinery. It's got different base oil. So when me and Kevin set out to make an additive, we wanted to test fuels from all over, make sure that it was effective across the board everywhere and we actually have to adjust that formula every year to make sure that we're ahead of the ahead of the game it's a it's a constant search and battle because like you said fuels are always changing um they're always adding and mixing chemicals to try to make it more efficient more bang for your buck and out here all the octanes are different it's regular gas engines but the octanes are so different out here to, compared to places that are you know close to the sea level it's really it's insane how uh, how much it changes. Yeah, Chris, I got some questions for you. So, right, we talked about the the, the winterization, the anti-gelling features in the EDT, but that's really a feature that you're adding into this uh, everyday diesel treatment. So, you know, talk about some of the base there in that uh, in that solution, because you've got all kinds of it's like a six in one sort of formula, and then you've added sort of a seventh or seventh and eighth. Uh, specifically for winter, but what is someone also getting in in that particular treatment? So when we set out to, to, to build that additive, we wanted to address every problem that a truck or a piece of diesel equipment would have. So we started from the tank itself thinking, okay, well, in this tank, there's going to be things like wax. There's also going to be water, moisture. Um, how do we treat the moisture so that it doesn't create a problem? Well, sometimes you get little droplets in the bottom of the tank and it might corrode the tank or rust it. Um, so we put a rust and corrosion inhibitor in there. We put a water dispersant. Um, we also know that a lot of diesel fuel doesn't give you enough cetane to get a clean burn. But we want to be around a 47 to 48 cetane to get the perfect ignition. 
and most of the diesel fuels are between 40 and 42. So we added enough cetane that we can bring it up to that 47 level. Um, on top of that, one of the big problems right now, since we have ultra low sulfur diesel, is lubricity. Uh, the fuel is really dry. It does not have enough lubricity in it, and it causes pumps to fail prematurely, uh, especially the CP4 pumps. So we put enough lubricity additive in there that not only is it lubricated, but it's lubricated even better than it was before when you were buying high sulfur fuel. Yeah, that's something people don't really think about with fuel, right? You think about using you know, gasoline to clean parts or something, right? You're stripping oils off, but uh, you know, fuels do have a certain amount of lubricity in it. We used to have lead and gasoline, which, you know, help for valve seats and valve seat wear, uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, there's a certain uh, lubricity in it, like you're speaking of, uh, also in diesel. So making sure that you're lubricating, right? If you think about all this machinery inside of a pump, right? Your CP4 pumps, uh, huge pressures, uh, lots of moving parts, metal to metal, and, and having that lubricity in there can be critical for keeping these really expensive components, uh, you know, living and lasting long. Hey, Kyle, you, you were really involved in the CP4 pump project. What, what was the whole storyline on that? Well, when they replaced the CP3 with the CP4, there were some design flaws in it. And that was largely because uh, Bosch, the manufacturer, based that on European fuel standards. So that's the, the same CP4 pump that we see in the same trucks here in America uh, is the same one that they have in Europe. In Europe, they don't have any failure problems. It's less than a 1% failure rate, which is considered manufacturer defect. That's not a problem. Here in America, the same CP4 pumps, we're seeing between a 7 and 9% failure rate. And when that fuel pump fails, it's catastrophic. It, it shoots metal all down the system, all the way to the injectors. And you're talking five to $10,000 job when that happens. So the only difference between that CP4 in Europe and here in America is our fuel standards. They have a higher fuel standard in Europe. They have more lubricity in the fuel, which is what that pump requires. So we have a wear scar. Kevin can help me with this. I believe it's a 460, yeah. 460 micron wear scar requirement here, uh, or I'm sorry, in Europe, where in America, they only require a 520 wear scar, uh, which is quite a bit drier. And that's why if you're getting fuel from the pump here in America, it can be as dry as 520. And that is, is not enough lubricity to protect that new CP4 pump. It's a class action lawsuit now. All the major, the big three are dealing with it and they're paying out money to get uh, conversions back to the old CP3 pump. And uh, it's really just a, a, a Russian roulette with when it can happen. There's no time or circumstance. Sometimes they fail in 10,000 miles. Sometimes they fail in 100,000 miles. Uh, the thing you can do as a as somebody who, who has a CP4 is protect it by adding lubricity. And that's what we do with all of our fuel additives. Uh, speaking of our new winter one, we don't sacrifice that lubricity by adding our anti-gel to it. We want to make sure they're protected through the winter as well. So uh, I, I know it's some of these, uh, California's got a pretty high fuel standard, uh, which is which is good. And they've got some good lubricity out there, uh, but and cetane as well. But the best thing you can do, it's cheap insurance and uh, to, to add lubricity to the fuel to protect these pumps. Yeah, it's interesting. It goes back to what we said that, uh, you know, beginning of podcasts, you know, these fluids are they're critical. Uh, we don't think anything of them until they're not doing their job fully. And we've got some kind of catastrophic failure and five to ten grand for a fuel system replacement just really sucks, you know, and it's going to hit you just at the wrong time. 
Uh, and that's what's really awesome about what you guys do is is break down exactly what it is that that is the problem and anywhere that you guys can solve it with some combination of of additives or actions within these these fluids right that's that is our insurance policy so kyle and kevin like a lot of people listening to this won't know what a cp4 pump is what kind of vehicle if i'm driving a vehicle what might that be where i would have this problem well, generally, we see that CP4 in most of your most of your diesel trucks, and it goes across manufacturers too. Uh, they've now kind of turned away from it. I know the the Rams picked it up in 2019, 2020, and they've already turned away from it. Uh, the other manufacturers were using them as early as uh, 2011 or so. So they've been around for quite a while, and they've been problematic. Uh, so, so my Chevy, my Ford, my Dodge. Any of those pickup trucks could have a CP4 pump, and that CP4 pump has a 10% chance of failure if I don't use a lubricity additive. Is that the shortcut way of saying it? Th that is. And, and, and in all fairness as well, they do have another design flaw in the way the, the, the lifter rocker rolls, uh, and that's that 1% failure. So you can't do anything about that. That was a design flaw. But I'd rather ride on 99% uh, success than 90. So one out of 10 is not good. When you can make a simple... Uh, additive uh, solution to that. And again, one of the great things about how we formulate our products is we don't use any filler in there at all. So it's 100% additive that we're adding. And as Kevin pointed out, the, the fact that we're adding the cetane, adding the lubricity, that allows, especially with the price of diesel fuel right now, which is through the roof, we can get the cetane up, which allows for a more complete burn of that fuel. So you're getting more value of that fuel the product can actually pay for itself right now at the rate of, of the cost of fuel. So why wouldn't you take something that's going to pay for itself, protect your system and uh, get your longevity out of the vehicle? And, and uh, allow me to uh, admit something here. Y'all forgot one of the most important parts, how difficult it is to actually get inside. It's so tough. Y'all you unscrew the lid and pour it in. That's all you got to do. You don't have to crack wrenches, seals, blow gaskets apart. Nothing like that. You literally poured in. Enough said. Done. Problem solved. Shut up. Move on. Work harder. <laughs> <laughs> Way to summarize it all up, Willie. <laughs> oh, uh, man. It is true, though, man. A lot of times, you know, we've seen so, many, so much of his stuff work there in the shop. A lot of times people are thinking that, you know, they're going to have to go some extreme or this, you know, this is happening, this is slipping, this is not engaging, um, power steering pump's not working, all the all the stuff that you guys have created, we've put through the test, and it, it is fantastic. We love it, man. We've had great results. Yeah, we're very proud of what we make here. And uh, it's it's it started with Chris's vision when, when with Stiction Luminaires. You guys have told the story many times before, and uh, we tacked a problem, and we just stay away from the stuff that if there's a good product out there that's getting the job done and we can't beat it, it's not a market we really need to be in, but uh, we've held true to really finding problem-solving solutions and developing products that uh, are, are proved by science, and, and we put it out there. I, I just finished a cross-country uh, trek from Ohio out to San Diego and back in a brand-new RV, zero miles or 200 miles, whatever was delivery, and I get out there and I used up my first bottle of EDT, then I ran out. So I had to stop at Walmart and buy some more EDT. So my wife is laughing. I'm like, I can't believe you're buying your own product from the store. And I said, well, look at it this way. I'm going to spend $20 extra. I think it was $17. I'm going to spend that extra money on diesel fuel, or I could spend it on EDT. It's going to get spent either way. 
with the EDT, at least I'm getting more power because I got the cetane boost. I'm getting my lubricity protection and I'm getting the extra fuel economy. And I, I monitored it every other tank with or without it. And I got right around a 3% increase of fuel economy, like 2.7, which you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's huge on a brand new engine. I mean, it wasn't a perfect test because the elevations were changing, but I tried to be as good with it as I could. That's big. I mean, it paid for the product and I got all that extra protection. I get lubricity and the extra power. Well, that's like I said about insurance policies, right? They're not sexy. But damn, you know, when they pay themselves back, they pay in a big way. <laughs> so like you said, if you can avoid some of these big problems uh, and take care of your ride and make it last longer... Pick up the fuel that goes along with it, man. You're you're win win. Yeah, man. And how do people do that? Where do people find you socially? Because I know you guys have all kinds of cool stuff happening there with your race um, team and uh, everybody you support in the racing market. How do people follow along, get plugged in, see what you guys are doing and creating? Hotshotsecret.com. Uh, come to our website. We got all our information and products there. You can follow us on all the social media channels. Hotshot Secret, uh, Facebook, Instagram. We've got a TikTok account out there. Uh, follow a lot of our races, as you said, Willie, and and uh, try to show a lot of that content and show our products in use. Yeah, man. I just want to point out how smart both Kyle and Kevin are um, in their office right now. It's Mopar Avenue, Dodge. There's Mopar signs all all over the back wall. So trust me, that race team, uh, that uh, engineering team, brilliant. They're brilliant. Hey, that's my <laughs> office, Willie. His is Chevy. So just put that out there. You guys are you guys are fantastic. You know what you're doing. Hey, where's the Ford guy over there? What's going on? We need to hire some good fellas. You know, <laughs> I'm a Ford guy. There we go. All right, we're rounded out, folks. We're good here. <laughs> we got full representation. Yeah, I mean. I guess, Kev. <laughs> awesome. All right. Hey, don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming format. A great way to find us. Thanks to our guests, Chris Brelchek, Kyle, and Kevin from Hot Shot Secret. Uh, thanks to our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, and in between, check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. All kinds of great stuff from our shows. Uh, and behind the scenes, and check out our social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage, on Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's copyright 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. All right, man, we'll let Chris catch his plane. <laughs> oh, man, we got crews uh, calling in from all over, man. We appreciate it, fellas. Always teaching us uh, really interesting science and stuff to uh, take care of all our gear appropriately. So we appreciate it. Fellas, everybody out there, uh, we'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.